0: On today's podcast, we welcome special guests myself, Rabbi Rose Durbin, and the beautiful, amazing Anastasia, Father Christian's wife, and we're here to give you a behind-the-scenes take on being clergy wife and, and podcast wives.
1: A rabbi, a priest, a rabbi, a priest,
2: a rabbi! The opinions you hear from on this show do not represent WSTU, since they probably regretted over allowing the show on the air in the first place. Nor do they represent Temple Beit Haim or St. Mary's Episcopal Church, since they also wonder what the heck they did when they called these two men to lead their respective congregations. On that note, sit back, relax, Grab your Bible or a Torah and enjoy another episode of A Priest and a Rabbi. Good morning, everyone. Oh my gosh, it's the last radio show we are recording uh, on this, a uh, on WSTU 1450, before we move to our SMXXXM radio show. Um, Rabbi Durbin um, landed a $4 million deal. So we just with with hearts breaking, we need to leave WSTU and now go off to uh, Sirius XM. Um, and we will give 10% to the temple and the rest will go to Rabbi Durbin's um, hair budget. Um, so this is Father Christian I am with uh, my my co pilot for the last three and a half years here. Rabbi Durbin, but the, the, today's show, even though it's the last one on the radio before we move to podcast permanently, um, it's not about us. It, it's about uh the 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 two better people in our life our wives and also the incredible guests that we've had on the show so if you've been a fan or an enemy of a priest and a rabbi today will be fun because you can review all the things that you love and hate about us and then you can say au revoir and just follow us on our podcast. So before this ends, please go on any place where you watch, listen to your podcast and subscribe to a priest and a rabbi. It's the one with the better looking rabbi. That's the one you subscribe to. And then you can also like us on facebook on our page priest and rabbi podcast Uh, we are live right now on facebook hello to everyone on facebook so you can ask questions and wonder how much money does the rabbi really spend on his hair each week when he goes to the salon selectives in steward florida all right so without further ado we said today it's really about the women um, who uh, make us try who try to get us to be presentable human beings um because they are amazing uh so with us is rabbi rose um and uh she she's also a rabbi um so and and then we have my wife anastasia um who kicks butt and takes names and deals with me um she is not a rabbi and she's not a priest and she is so happy for that um all right so welcome to the show rabbi rose and do you want rose or rabbi rose today
0: i mean rose is fine we're old friends
2: we are old friends. So let's go with uh, Rose and Anastasia. Wow, Rose and Anastasia, how beautiful is that? Those names (laughs) together. Uh, uh, It's Anastasia's Rose. All right, ladies, welcome to the show. Anastasia's
3: Rose. Oh, thank you. Happy to be here. I'm happy to be
2: here. (laughs) So just a reminder that, 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 so Rose is also a rabbi. She is down south of us and she is on the campus of
0: Florida
2: yeah, Atlantic, go Owls! Go Owls! Florida Atlantic for the Helal Foundation, right? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, yeah. awesome. So she's going to bring all that to the to to the table here today. All right. So, ladies, let me just ask you a question, okay? So, um. <laughs> when anyone ever asks you what is it like to be married to a priest or a rabbi, oh, what is your immediate response? And I know that with you, Rose, it's just, it's a little uh, multi-layered there because yeah, you are exactly. a rabbi, uh, but you're, there's probably a difference between being a campus rabbi and being a congregational rabbi, different responsibilities and headaches and victories <laughs> that you deal with. Um, so let's start well, with with you, Rose. Uh, when someone says, what is it like being married to uh, a Rabbi Rabbi Matt? What do you say?
0: Well, it's always like you know, the, our community is the is the third partner in our marriage. It's a kosher menage a trois, if you
2: will. Did you just say the k- kosher <laughs> menage a trois? Did she is starting this off hot, hot and heavy. This is this is what we wanted today, ladies and gentlemen. I'm going. Also, put a quarter in, rows, Let's go.
0: Uh, the temple communities often think you know they're getting a two for one sale. Like, oh, they're hiring him and I'm going to work full time for them, you know, and it's, it's not, that's not always practical. So that's always sort of an interesting assumption that communities make.
2: That is so good. A two for one sale. Uh, so I have to ask my wife that. Uh, uh, the, the, the the good news is that the, the the well, let me just ask you, have you felt the pressure to be part of the two for one sale when we got called to St. Mary's and when we got called, not just me, but we?
3: Um, no, no. Uh... No, not at all, because I am not a priest and I didn't go to seminary school. So, um, no, I think before we came, people, not the, ch- the church here, I guess the people I know thought um, the priest's wife has, you know, this specific um, responsibilities. Um, but no, I am actually able to do my thing and then let him handle the church. And then I am open to volunteer in certain areas that I'm comfortable to. So the exception, um, the things that people thought I should be doing, I said priest wife, they didn't actually it didn't come to play. Well,
2: so you, so just, well you, you, did, you just you don't feel
3: it. pressure. Like what what are I the
0: typical things you would normally feel like
3: pressured to do or expected to do? Um, I think. Things like, hey, I was trying to reach out to Christian, and I can't find him, but hey. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I get that. Yes, yes. Can you let him know this and that and that? Um, yeah, I think mostly that. Nobody oh, yeah. has really, really pressured me to sit in this committee or, or volunteer in this area because you're the priest, I've never had that. So that oh. that has That's- been I That's mean, so nice. the
2: advantage also, too, is that you're that my boss's or former boss's uh, wife uh, was uh, she really set the stage too. she yeah. she she's a strong, independent woman like Anastasia. And so she came and just did her own thing. Yeah. And so if people say, can you please do this? She'd be like, no, thank you. And and she found her way. And she and she 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 has done incredible things in the church but she found her own way so yeah. that really paved the way for anastasia to yeah that helped a
0: lot so I can do that's more. important and i definitely relate to that i mean i especially the first couple years it was like i was matt's executive assistant like i would come to temple and people would say oh you know can you tell rabbi this or you know if he's going to this meeting i was like i don't work here i don't work for him You may address him. him." was at that any awkward
2: moment. or do you i mean you're you're a strong I, just, woman, so. I think
0: i i sometimes my approach maybe is to uh kurt So something i am lifelong journey, you know, that I'm
2: working on. Okay. So, so you, you didn't have an issue by saying, no, I can't do that for you.
0: Yeah. I think they were surprised. I think, you know, people were surprised when I would say, no, he's right over there. Feel free to ask him.
2: But that's smart. I mean, so, so much about ministry is setting healthy boundaries, any institution, you've got to set healthy boundaries and right from the beginning. So people know what game we're playing there. And if you would have kind of bowed down at first that start yeah. a slippery slope. So, Rose, what, let's just say, uh, uh, now, do people, do people come to, let me just get into this, because we come from traditional denominations where there's a lot of history there that was once upon a time very male-dominated, well, probably still is, so do, um, do, do people look at you as like, uh, do people respect your office? And you, as a rabbi, I mean, I know your your your, your denomination, your your the Reform movement is 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 uh, way ahead of the game um, compared to some of our sisters and brothers. But um, what is that? What has that been like for you? Do they see you as Matt's wife, or do they also see you as Matt's wife, the uh, the fellow rabbi?
0: Well, it's it's funny because you know the kind of the traditional expectation of a rabbi's wife. There's even a Yiddish word for it, which is rebidzin. It's like literally like a position in the community. And so I think that's that's kind of a more traditional expectation. It's not as much an expectation maybe in in the reform movement because – women are often you know wives often have their own careers and their own things that they have going on but I think the first few years we were here I did feel a lot of pressure to host a lot at our home and really make sure like our home was presentable and our kids were always like dressed perfect and well behaved and we still feel that pressure that's another question I want to ask you guys about the sort of just always that I needed to know everyone's names but at the same time I was working for another community I had another 400 names to learn at that community and so I think sometimes the our community here in stewart can forget that and it's not anything you know that's ill intention but i think it's like i just can't hold all the names and all the relationships in my head all the time
2: yeah uh so babe <laughs> lovely wife um dude you, have you have you felt a pressure to to kind of be a, a representative of, of the, the priest office and know everyone's name and care for everyone or,
3: or um yeah yeah the name thing the name thing was um was challenging or is challenging because when someone walks up to you and then they say something, I think they assume you know them because you've seen them. And I'm very bad with names already. And so to be in a congregation where so many people know who you are I guess people assume you should know them or they will be like, Hey, I met you not long ago, but I'm so happy now. People have a lot of the badges They wear the name tag. So when they walk up to me, I'm like, Oh, Hey Christian. Um, we should do that. We need to do that. Yeah. yeah. You need that. You need a name tag because that has saved me a lot, a That's lot. Huge. Um, and then sometimes too, I'm, I'm very open now saying, you know, I'm sorry. I don't remember your name. Now in a bad way, I know people take it wrongly, but. It's so hard. It's, I, I cannot remember. As Christian, he always loves on me. Yes. he we say someone's last and I'm like, who? He said the one we have lunch with. I'm like, who? You know? So. No, yeah. exactly,
0: exactly. Matt will want to tell me something. Oh, like I'm meeting with this congregant. You know who it is? He came to high. He came to Yom Kippur services not, seven years ago. He he wore a blue tie. I, <laughs> I, the, I don't know who you're. talking
1: you, know, you know, it's 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 funny. I I, I tend to take a lot of uh, a lot of cues. Um, uh, And I'll give a little, just brief shout out to my uh, brother-in-law, my wife's brother, uh, Gene. Uh, And my brother-in-law will, anytime he meets somebody, it is, you know, hi, my name is Chris. He will respond by saying, hi there, Chris. I'm Gene, it's a pleasure to meet you. And just referring to one's name actually speaks volumes and allows you the opportunity to remember in some way. I mean, Anastasia, I'm like you. Um, it is real difficult I am much more of a visual learner. I will remember your face till 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 next year uh, names you know uh, you know we're, we're confronted with so many names so many people so many uh, but it's um you know it's part of part of what it is
0: and, and my issue is actually I'm great with names but I lack confidence so I can I kn- I'll, like I'll know your name is Anastasia and then I'll meet you and I'll be like I won't say it because yeah. the worst thing, and the worst thing is to say the wrong names. I just don't say names. I actually exactly. know a lot of names. No, that's so true.
2: I'm if if there's an, a, if you have a, if you are ninety eight percent sure you know the name is Frank, that two percent will win out because yeah. that two percent. Exactly. What if I'm wrong yeah. and I've known Frank for three years and, and I'm
0: offending them? It, it's a real fear, especially in that congregation. I don't want. It's actually a much more prevalent fear at his con- at our congregation, Stuart, than in my jobs because, like, you're allowed to get a name maybe at your job, but it's like, I feel like it'd be offensive to our community if I don't know someone's names, you know? It's like, how do you not know us? And also, I think as far as expectations go, I think there was, there's some questions. In the last five years, I've been working full-time, and most Shabbat, I'm at my own job, and so sometimes I hear, well, why aren't you at Templemore? I'm like, well, I actually have the same job. I work the same hours, <laughs> so... <laughs> You know, I think and I don't I, I don't want to be harsh about it, but it's like I have the same gig. So I yeah, people forget that I think that's true.
2: Yeah, I, I can imagine how hard it is to think and we just hired uh, just called uh, a priest and well, not just about a year ago, uh, Reverend Patsy. Her husband is the former bishop of Madagascar. Um, and so it is easy to think we got the two for one deal. <laughs> You know, uh, but that—that's—that's—that's—that's that's, that's, that's not true. So you have to be really—it's—it's it's easy to just go there because well, we could get your husband to do it, right? Because because he's—he's—and so you have to be really, you have to be careful with that. All right, so let, let let's let's get into this. What is um, the biggest? I'm assuming Matt was this your first call out of seminary? This no. position here, no. Okay, but this is your first time being the the head dog? No. Okay. All right, so when you okay, so when that happened, Rose, what was the biggest surprise to you about being and again, I the whole I preface all this by saying you we were going to flip this too because you're a rabbi and you have your campus to pastor to. Uh, before, let's just go this direction first. What was the biggest surprise to you, Rose, um when when Matt was put in the seat of being the big dog of just- In his,
0: in his first congregation?
2: Yeah, being like the first lady, so to speak.
0: So that, that was actually, that's a, it was actually a very easy transition and I'll tell you why, because what I was um, when I was a third year in rabbinical school, um, one of our requirements is we have to start serving as a student rabbi to a congregation that maybe is too small to afford a rabbi or just is, is in between rabbis. So I started serving at a congregation about four hours north of New York City where we were living. And I was their rabbi. So I think I went, I spent every other weekend there. And I did, I, you know, I officiated all the funerals and life cycle events. I was their rabbi. I led high holiday services. Okay. But I could, but for a variety of reasons, it was going to be challenging for Matt to find a position, not because of his qualifications, just because of a lot of bureaucracy that we don't need to get into. And so during the year, this was a lovely congregation. I convinced them they really could afford a full-time rabbi. They needed a full-time rabbi. I could, you know, I have two more years of school, but I know a great candidate. So I brought Matt up. I showed him off. And um, they, you know, they interviewed him. They did a search. And they hired him. So actually, it was very comfortable for me because I was already very beloved in the community. And they were just thrilled to have both of us. And then I, I, I I think the next year I ran the school, so I, you know, Matt worked for me the next year, so it was very comfortable still. Um, But it was, it was cool to see him do that, step in that role. But it did take Matt a while to loosen up, and you know, for a variety variety of reasons, Uh, he, he, he was not the, the cool, chill guy we see before us today.
2: Um, Oh, I can see that. Oh, 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 yeah. Okay, okay. So, 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 what is that like for you when he comes home? Because Anastasia's got so many stories of this. addressed the you know what out um what, what, do, do you guys just bounce ideas off each other and just dump on each other or do you say no talking shop when we get home because you got three daughters running around too
0: yeah it, it's a great question it's definitely been something we've uh, addressed in our relationship and really tried to figure out the right balance on um so that you know I often felt that um you know work came home with us and it's understandable because it's an extremely stressful job. It's a lot of pressure to be the solo rabbi, but I sometimes felt like I can't talk about this anymore and also be very irritating to Matt because I, I often feel that I know the best way, which might not be his way. And so I think that, that would get frustrating. In fact, at a certain point, he, he said I had to stop coming to service as I was kicked out of the synagogue because I rolled my eyes too much during his sermon. So I was asked to not return for about a year.
2: <laughs> you guys are awesome. That is so that great. Is really,
0: really not my best moment.
2: It's it's it's
1: it's it's always an interesting interplay when when Rose and I uh, will get together and um, look at certain things. I mean, you know, the most stressful time for most rabbis, if not for every rabbi in around the country, is the high holy days, right? <laughs> we start preparing say arbitrarily September, right mid-September the high holidays generally. And we start preparing in June, July. We start thinking about sermons, start writing them um, and preparing the liturgy and everything else for the holidays. And I remember one year, um, and Rose, I'm sure you remember this uh, all too well. Um, You know, I was living in Britain. It was my fourth year of rabbinical school. Rose was back in New York. um, And we really wanted, I really wanted her to be in London to be able to celebrate the holidays together, so I reached out to uh, then the director of the liberal movement, which is the same as the reform movement here in America, and uh, they found a position for Rose just north of uh, just north of the city. Just north of London. So Rose flew in, and we're going through the liturgy, and there's this very powerful and just um, um, iconic kind of uh, piece of liturgy that we use for the high holy days, known as a Vina um, kind of, you know, our father, our king, you know, our sovereign God, forgive me for the sins that I have committed against you. And it's very powerful. And it's, 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 No, it wasn't a Malcana, i sorry, it was dre It was uh, the tune that we sing with these words, right? And, and again, I'm not trained as a canter, but it would go, dre So I'm sitting in, I'm sitting in Regent's Park um, in London, which is right next to the London Zoo. And I'm going over with Rose. And she's singing it. And I remember just going, no, no, you're doing it wrong. Do it this way. And we spent something like, what, four and a half hours sitting in the park getting frustrated. I think we ended up in tears. And then it turned out that the synagogue just played a recording, so you actually didn't have to do it? I didn't
0: even have to do it. It was horrible. It was horrible and you know the, the the thing that's so funny about that story is matt would never treat uh, like a barmbot mitzvah student that way he would never talk to a congregant <laughs> that way and at the same time when i criticize you know when i'm giving him feedback on his sermons i would never speak to one of my students that way i mean i'm so hardy you know so i think that's kind of an interesting dynamic and um you know i can be very critical and and matt often does you know when i let him speak he, he gives me some feedback which i don't listen to sometimes often he is right but I don't listen to him so sometimes that's it's a a good dynamic in that I don't think anyone else could understand as well what each go through like I know what it's like to officiate a funeral so he doesn't have to unpack that for me you know I'm I'm right there with him but at the same time it's like I'm very I'm a a judgmental critical person which is funny you know
1: it's funny because there was a time you know just going back on the initial conversation you had about remembering people's names right and we know that one of the biggest fears that we have is mispronouncing somebody's name or getting it wrong. And there was a time uh, when Rose was in uh, Gloversville, New York. She was serving in a conservative synagogue, I guess, from Bradley, And Rose was on maternity leave, right? We just welcomed um, uh, our first, Ellie. And there was a time, I think, well, Rose, you had not, like yeah, you had three funerals back-to-back, right. Back, right? 10, 12, and, like, two. And And Rose goes... You know, would you mind leading them? So I, you know, I took the day off of work. I went down. I had all my notes for all three funerals back to back, and it was that last one, where at the end of the service, the family came up and said, "Rabbi, that was really beautiful," but my mom's name was, you know, was was Felice, not not you know, Charlie or whatever it is. And I remember just going, "I am so sorry." and they laughed at it. And luckily, they, had, they, 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 were, they were good sports about it. But there was something where, you know, I remember getting back in the car and thinking to myself, you know, I just made a huge mistake. Um, I can't fault anyone but myself. But also, in fairness, never in my life have I ever done a 10 o'clock service, a 12 o'clock service, and a 2 o'clock, three funerals back
2: to back to back.
0: I,
1: just,
0: I just didn't lose me my job while I was on maternity leave, so I to, let's just thank, thank God for
2: that. I just want you, I'm still back at the original comment of Rabbi Rose sitting in the front row of the congregation, rolling her eyes, I yeah. love this image, at your sermon, and then being courteously, let's say at best, asked, <laughs> or graciously asked, to not return for a while mm. because you're messing up my game. Um, Anastasia, can you speak to you and um, one of our youth uh, members? Um, McGuire Stucky would share a similar type of response to my sermons is that correct yes and what was that like
3: he's like this is too long right Anastasia is too long I'm like yeah like him and I used to roll our eyes together you're
2: talking about McGuire McGuire yeah
3: Um, he's young um so we were like very cool and we roll our eyes together when Christian sermons are like you know like he's repetitive like repeating over and over oh it's so long and I'm like um you should have cut it in my head I'm like why he could have cut it like he didn't have to keep going and he's like oh my gosh yeah like can he stop so we
0: would do that this makes me feel so much better I can't even tell you I feel very bad
3: and then after the service I'm like Christian you could have cut it over here like He's like, were you guys rolling your eyes? I'm like, I mean, nobody, we're not doing it for people to see us. I mean, you could tell. We're human beings.
2: But didn't you, didn't you, like, I, didn't you at one point start to try to get my attention? Yes. Oh, yeah,
3: I'll be like this, patting my hair, doing all that, and scratching myself, trying to tell him, like, that. I think I've done like some of these before, kind of some of these. (laughs)
0: <laughs> i'm like lowering the voice
2: i do some of these like don't shout it like, out well, it's funny these. because even because my kids do, my do that now is A guy who does not need a microphone he right? was rabbi Rhodes. he was in my office the other day preparing for the last podcast and it he was so loud that people started to visit our office thinking that i was in an argument with oh. the rabbi i was like he's just a passionate guy with a loud voice but he was Wait, like going off of homosexuality COVID, yes. And
0: they, they when he's on people. Zoom, you can hear it throughout the whole house. He's like Holy screaming
1: our It's enthusiastic. But, but, but it is loud. <clears throat> let, 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 let me take it and just kind of twist it a little bit. Um, you know, just just and I'll speak for myself, and I'm sure Christian, you probably feel the same. There actually is no greater and more amazing feeling, at least for me, standing on the pulpit, than than looking out to my community and seeing my wife uh to the right, uh, or to the left, wherever wherever she's sitting. Um and I say yeah. that because. It is my support. You know, high holidays is a very stressful time. Even Shabbat is a, is a stressful time. Uh, I get very nervous. Um, you may not see it um, on the outside, um, and especially with masks, you definitely don't see it, but I get really tense and I get really anxious. And there's times where my wife will stand there in the pews and she'll just go, smile, <laughs> smile, you know, be happy. And, and deep down I am, and I'm really excited, but I get so nervous. And I say this to, to you know, our barba students, where they go, Rabbi, I'm really nervous. And they go, you know, if you don't think that I throw up in my stomach every single time I stand on that pulpit, I get nervous. I'm human. I get nervous. It is a very anxious time. Um, he, gets he
0: gets really Yeah. I, 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 I sweat. sweat. I'm, uh, I'm, a uh, napkin.
1: I, I'm, I'm a sweater. Uh, even when our <laughs> sanctuary is, is 61 <laughs> degrees. You know, but there's something really. You know, there, there, there's something really comforting when, when, when you know I am on the pulpit, especially with the holidays, of being able to look out, and I know I have the support. Um, and there are times, as as Rose said, there, you know, as I give the sermon, I, you know, I do, I, I can't regulate the the control of the volume of my voice. And there are times where my wife may go lower it down. My kids, on the last high holidays, did the same thing. My oldest, I'm standing out, I'm looking at her, and she just goes.
2: Down. <laughs> <laughs> for all those on the radio he is mouthing mouthing his daughter uh saying dad lower it down lower it down dad like a like a person on the runway at the airport directing traffic <laughs> she's directing her dad's See, voice i'm not
3: i'm not the only one that do that like
2: yeah just, cut, just it. Cut, cut it just cut it yeah so let's, I, I, it let's
3: wrap it up
2: I I agree, uh, Rabbi Matthew Durbin, that uh, it is the Jerry Maguire moment to look out and see our spouse there. It does complete you where it's just like, oh, this is awesome. Uh, the, the, The other part, though, there are times when I'm so grateful she's not there because she'd be bored out of her mind you know, that, that, that for that reason, because I wouldn't want to be like, I feel bad that she's sitting through this. And so there's times I'm like, okay, but there are times when Anastasia showed up like it, whether it's like special, like even a funeral for some reason, she's there or other things. It's always, I'm I'm always for as long as I, she's not gonna be bored out of her mind. Um, and, uh, so, anyways i am grateful so for it so anyways uh, we're gonna take a quick break to hear from the people who made the show possible um to this point as you all know as a reminder this is our last show on wstu we will be moving permanently over to our podcast so please subscribe to a priest and a rabbi podcast uh, to be able to catch all of our shows we'll be doing a new format which will be 23 minutes as opposed to 58 minutes so imagine that we'll be fast and furious um and we'll be doing some restructuring of getting some consistent themes. And now Rabbi Rose is laughing at me, which means I probably need to shut up and move to commercial. Yes. We'll be back and we'll be talking about some of our greatest hits as well. Um, this is a priest and a rabbi with the incredible wives of the show. The incredible wives of the priest and rabbi reality show. Please, Hey everyone, it's Evan Nine, producer of A Priest and a Rabbi. Thank you for tuning in and being part of this community. We love developing new partnerships with this podcast to help further the interfaith movement. To join us, please email Father Christian at Christian at gmail.com. You can have an advertisement right here on this podcast, which is currently heard across the USA and in 34 other countries. Thanks for being here and do not forget to subscribe on whichever podcast platform you're listening from. Now back to a priest and a rabbi. Welcome back to the award-winning Priest and a Rabbi radio show with Father Christian and Rabbi Durbin. Let's get ready for the second half of the show. All right, guys. We're back for part two of A Priest and a Rabbi, our final show on air. And we'll be moving to the podcast from this point forward. So please... To a priest and a rabbi. Um, From our producer, the volume is really loud. But since the last episode, things get a little crazy here all right guys so check it out um so we have our our wonderful wives on here we have rabbi rose and we also have anastasia uh the women who really do make it all happen because without them we've already talked about they 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 help us shorten our sermons they help us tell us when we stink which is often and they make us do uh, grow into being better uh uh, really i will say i cannot be a good priest without anastasia Um, i will say that for sure Um, And uh, if, if there's all of the ugly parts of Christian Anderson Unfortunately, I think, I don't know if you two agree to this, but often come out with your spouse, like, like, because they're the person you love the most, they're the person you're most comfortable with, they're the person that you will be most transparent with. And so the ugliest parts come out. So, and then you get stressed with your job and then you bring that home. So Anastasia's patience and endurance to deal with my antics that not a lot of people see, they see the craziness, but they don't see kind of like the impatience. Um, and when I just become, you know, a jerk, uh, the th- this woman has is is amazing in checking me to help I'm me singing. grow into being a better human being. Okay, what's up?
3: No, when he said jerk, I was singing that song in my head.
2: You're a jerk. You're <laughs> a jerk. She thinks that all the time with me. You're a jerk. You're a jerk. Uh all right. So Rabbi Rose wants to nickname this uh episode uh the fast and the furious, um uh, the love lives of spouses of clergy. Um <laughs> uh all right, so. We were we gonna weave it to the second part of the episode some of our, our our greatest hits and just get your commentary ladies on this. let me let me let me go with two of my
1: favorites. Two of my favorites. The first is when uh, Father Anderson and I were sitting down and Christian, if you remember it was around uh, probably around Hanukkah Christmas time and you were we were you know developing this show of what we were gonna to talk about. and you thought for some for some reason we would go from a Jewish perspective, for like forty-five minutes on what do we Jews think about Jesus and all this stuff, and he said to me, "So, you know, wh- what do you Jews think about Jesus?" Thinking it's going to be a long, a drawn-out conversation, and I remember saying, "We don't." <laughs> I said, uh, Let's move on. Uh, we don't.
2: We don't really think about it at all. Matt killed the show when he did that. We had nowhere to go because I really thought we had something, and he just said, "We don't," and then just like looked at me. I was like, "That's all you got." <laughs> Mm-hmm. all right co-pilot let's 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 guide this plane into the ground right now because <laughs> mm-hmm. we got 45 minutes to fill um and it was like one of our first episodes so we really didn't know what we were doing so i think we probably talked <laughs> circus or something um you know rabbi rose one of my favorite memories is time on the show we've ever talked about sex um R- rabbi math durbin just seems to just light up um and uh <laughs> Um, It is probably the most awkward topic that Rabbi Matt Durbin can talk about. Uh, So so that's one of the highlights of the show for me. But does he talk about that at the pulpit a lot? Does that come up a lot? Or is it like next? Because it's all in our minds as human beings. And we need our rabbis and priests and pastors to talk about sex. So we know how to think about it in a godly way. Um, But, you know, Rabbi Rose, how how do you direct him and guide him to do, teach his classes, his sermons about sex? (laughs)
0: Well, um, he definitely does not ever mention it on the pulpit. I don't think ever, not once, ever, not a single time. He claims that he speaks to premarital couples about it, which I find hilarious because we are supposed to talk to couples about it. Because when we went through premarital counseling with with our rabbi, I mean, Matt did not enjoy that conversation. We really did not talk about it. So the fact that then he does that professionally, I really really want him to record. Like, I want to see evidence of this.
1: You know, it's funny, cause even going back going back to you know, so many years ago when we did that that premarital counseling, and I remember the rabbi had said, you know, and, and we get into the topic and he looks at me and he goes, Man, your face is red. He goes, You absolutely don't want to talk about this now, do you? And I was like, No. Um, and he goes, Would you but rather you, you crawl talk under a, about it. a a rock? No, but it's 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 different. It's well, different you, in-
2: how often I have sex with my wife. You asked me that? Yes. So I', hope, I hope
0: it's more
2: than we do for, for God's sake <laughs> so you talk to dudes about this but you won't talk to your wife you're clear I mean you you literally like it was like the third week we knew each other we knew we were going to be good friends but you're like so you're eating a burger you know you're like stop stop how have sex with your wife and it was just so commonplace and chill I just this is awkward but I've told you because you didn't seem like you cared you didn't care at all which is so weird and now you do care. Um, all right. So, in any but event, on the there's... flip
0: side, I'm teaching an entire class about sex to 20 year olds this semester. So, oh, good oh, for dude. you. Good I, luck.
2: I think Anastasia is going to teach that same class at St. Mary's Episcopal Church.
3: Absolutely not. No. <laughs> no, no.
2: But I think the see the the young women at St. Mary's really dig Anastasia. They trust her, and uh, I can see. Um, them coming to you and starting to ask you about stuff like that because I know you're going to be so straightforward I'm and too gonna...
3: straightforward and so that might not sit well with a 20 year old you know I think for a 30 year old who has been through life will probably get where I'm coming from but 20 year old don't want to hear me telling them no and this and yeah so
2: you would just be like he just doesn't love you
3: yes I'll be straightforward and so that's not going to help just... <laughs> He's not here for the right reason. move on yeah
2: he just he just wants the ding dang on the wing wing he doesn't want your heart yes. So yeah um okay look at look, i wish you guys were on facebook live right now to watch <laughs> rabbi, rabbi Matt just crumble in his seat we really hit oh man this is good rabbi rose i'm following the direction of my rabbi rose all right so well, another great memory that we had was having star parker on the show and star parker is a columnist for usa today and i was just enthralled enamored really at first by her because um she would she's african-american and she would just write and this is in the height of 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 trump just write these very kind of like um uh, pro-trump columns but i really enjoyed reading her stuff because it was like a a just reading different things it was interesting to read a um an african-american writer uh be so pro Trump, which I know that's me uh, living into stereotypes fully. So I'll I'll just put that out there. I get it. So come for me on that. I'm I'm claiming it. Um, And she came on and that girl, woman, sorry, roasted us. That, yeah, sorry, Rose, that she, she roasted us. Um, and we, you and I were just drop jawed, because there's really nothing we could say. And then she was just so lovely afterwards. She's like, anytime you guys want me on on the show, and like, who are we? We're just like some small little podcast radio show. And uh, she's, you know, she's kind of the deal. And I will say, I mean, God bless her for coming on, being truthful, and just being amazing. Uh, but she was, that was, you and I were just messing each other with being like, I don't know how to respond because she's saying things you, you wouldn't at that time expect an African-American to say. Um, and so it just really threw all the stereotypes out the window, um, which mm-hmm. was the big lesson. Say, man, just, you know, just so anyways. Um,
1: do, you, do you remember also when we brought in uh, the TikTok priest, when TikTok was just starting and it was like becoming this big thing And we brought in this priest that had something like whatever it was, like millions of views. Um, I mean, that was that was cool of his of his priest uh, get up. of he would change outfits and you know, it was uh, it was was quite something.
2: He was before he was like yeah a a thing, and then we also Uh, got the Hamilton priest. Do you remember that guy? mm
3: -hmm.
2: So yeah, I think that
3: was back then when I used to watch their show a
2: lot. (laughs) (laughs) You used to watch a priest and a rabbi. I used to
3: watch a priest and a rabbi a but now you don't. Well, <laughs> but you know what? It, it, it's a whole different story.
1: It's amazing to see over the last few years how our reach has really impacted people. You know, I have a former congregate in New York. Um, and, and she was saying to me, she said, you know, I, I my boyfriend were, you know, they probably will get engaged, whatever it may be. And she was saying, you know, my, my boyfriend at the time, right now, was really interested in Judaism. And he took it upon himself, and he came across this amazing podcast. So I said, man, tell me what it is. And she goes, it's yours. He came across this. He loved it. He didn't speak to me. There was no interaction at all. He came across this priest and a rabbi podcast, and he loves it. Um, and I just thought to myself, wow, I mean, that's crazy. So I remember my initial response was, well, wow, tell me tell me what the what the link is. I want to listen to it. And she goes, it is you. It's you and father Anderson. And I just thought, you know, how
2: amazing our reach. I mean, yes. it's- I remember uh, a gentleman, uh, one of the big uh, lay leaders at the church said to me, he goes, Christian, I feel like I, um, I hear the real you on the podcast. Um, and so he goes, I really, I do think you need to bring that to your sermons. And I was like, huh? He's like that, that's, that's where I really get to know you more. And he's right. Because in your sermons, you try to be a bit careful. Cause you, you, you have us, I'm a little more from the heart and on the, on the podcast. Um, I'm not concerned so much about the reaction and the response. I'm just going to go for it a little a bit more where the sermon, you do have to be a little more careful because you don't want to lose anyone. If you say a strong statement, you know, the focus is for for me is on Jesus and the gospel. That's the main thing on the podcast. We, we can get and get some, we could get opinionated. Um, but uh, there was something for me to learn there. How do I bring the heart and the passion that I feel I'm a little more vulnerable on the podcast and bring that to, Um, bring that to the 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 the, what do you call it the pulpit (laughs) (laughs) Um, all right so there's folks on Facebook right now who are are dropping some comments on there so please if you have any questions for for Rabbi Rose for Anastasia for any of us on this episode please uh, let us know just a reminder this is our final radio show uh, and you can always still follow us on our podcast we'll be dropping podcasts at a much different format 25 minute format so go and uh, subscribe all right Monica Cantor wants to know would we bring david brooks the new york times on Um, i'm going to leave that up to uh rabbi durbin who happens to know uh david brooks uh his speed (laughs) dial so you make that (laughs) happen bro we'll get him on um all right Uh, okay so uh rabbi rose i gotta go with this so back to the sex so if you you and rabbi durbin i'm kidding i'm kidding i just wanted to get that reaction and see if anyone was listening um what would be he just turned off his camera
3: that's a beautiful rabbi rose
2: podcast what with all everything you know about the show because i know you've listened to so many and i'm gonna ask anastasia the same thing what do you think the direction should be of the podcast next? Knowing that we've done this 60 minute thing and we're going to go to 25 minutes, what would be a really cool thing to just focus on saying you guys have talked about everything. Maybe you should just talk about this. And maybe that's sex.
0: Uh, Well, I mean, I definitely vote for that. I would be really here for that. I honestly, but, but in seriousness, I think it would be really nice. And I know you guys have done this, you know, throughout the topics, but just really talk about like real life issues that people who are religious in this country and are assimilated, but also want to be true to their faith, like struggle with, like, what do you do on Sundays when your kids are supposed to go to soccer? Or, you know, how do we how do we handle, um, you know, ha- how do we handle like teaching these terms and, and values to our kids when they're on TikTok all the time? Like, I don't know, I mean, that I think is something that a lot of parents and, and religious people, what about their grandkids? How do they get them connected? I don't know, I think that'd be kind of real life stuff would be cool.
2: What do you think, Anastasia?
3: I I agree. I always tell Christian, even, even during his sermon, the personal stories always, people get that better. People want to relate to you. They want to feel like you're also experiencing the life, the experiences they are experiencing, whether it's good, whether it's bad. Bring it to them. Let them know, like, we all go through these things. You know, if I wake up and Kwame is just being Kwame, I might not show up to church, even though I plan to come. And that's just being a priest's wife, but guess what? That also happened to other other parents. Like we want to hear these stories. Um, yeah. So make
2: it practical, make it practical. Like, it-
3: bring that in the personal life, the personal stories, bring that in. How do we handle grief as a as a priest and a priest wife, you know, who didn't feel like God was there for us mm-hmm. when we lost our daughter? Like bring these stories in. Let people know that you're also a person and you deal with these things. Yeah. Vulnerability, vulnerability is as everything. Brene Brown
2: is everything. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah this is this is this is true. Vulnerability is tough, man. It is tough, and because you, you do this thing, we have talked about this as clergy. Is that I think we can all relate to this? Is you you are a spiritual leader, and part of being spiritual is being vulnerable. You, you, God can't enter your life unless you open up your heart. So that means you got to be vulnerable. You got to be honest with God. Now, then, as a person who's now preaching and teaching the word, then you also are now being open with your folks but you have to be, then you're also trained in seminary, be careful about that mm-hmm. because that can bite you in the butt. Um, if you reveal too much yeah. or you reveal too much about yourself, that can A, be unhealthy if you're not a healthy individual, mm-hmm. uh, but B, it, it just, it could create some problems. Um, Rabbi Rose, have you, have you seen, how do you, how do you deal with that wrestling of vulnerability where you wanna be as open and honest, even with teens, um, where you don't want that to bite you in the butt?
0: I, you know i i i share plenty i'm very i'm 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 a, I'm a open book and right, Jim, we,
1: we've seen that now with with this with this radio show
0: oh this is nothing this is nothing um so you know i talk to my students all the time about like boyfriends i've had or whatever i don't i just don't i get into it and I, i'll talk a little bit about my marriage as far as just like general things that are challenging like I was just talking to a young lady today she's you know she's in a serious relationship she's wondering sort of when to get married when to have kids and I said to her listen I've been thinking a lot about how hard like the 30s are we're supposed to be Raising a family supposed to be like at the the pinnacle of our career. That's the pinnacle of our fertility. It's very stressful. Who's talking to them about this? So that's not something that's so intimate about Matt and I. But it it is something that I can reflect on. And you know, I mean, something that I do talk to young women a lot about is how do you divide the chores at home? Like I'm, um, you know, that's something Matt and I have always like struggled with and are still working through. And that's not that intimate of a thing to share about Matt. I mean, I tease him about it. But, you know, it is something I think is very important for me to talk to my students about. Like, do you want to be picking up your boyfriend's boxers for the next 30 years? Like, think about it. So (laughs) I think there's a way to talk about these things without, like, you know, going too deep into it if you will. I mean, I talk about my college boyfriend because all of, you know, I can relate, I want them to know that I can relate to heartbreak in college. I know how real that is. So certain things that, you know, I I can do without crossing like huge boundaries, but I I do tend to be very personal.
2: Yeah, well, Anastasia, I mean, you are going to be speaking at the church. This is a big, 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 I want to say step because that makes it seem like you're graduating, but it was a big choice, a choice, a decision for you to, uh, for you, you're going to, we, we have, a every once a month at the church, we have a thing called Sunday Funday. And so there's a lot of formation classes that happen after services, the women go and the men go all into separate places, children and teens go separate places. Anastasia will be this lead, the, the speaker at the women's breakout. Um, and so that's a, that's kind of First a,
3: time. that's
2: a BFD, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, uh, um, so what, what, what led you to do that?
3: Um, I don't know what came over me, but, um, no, because, I don't know. I just, I felt ready at the moment when I said I wanted to do it. And then because, you know, like my therapist said, if you want to do something, just go for it, you know, um, because I sit and think too much about everything I have to do. And then I'm like, oh my God, I feel like I don't end up doing anything. So I'm going to go with the moments. Like Christian and I plan a lot. I'm done planning. Like I want to just do things, you know, without planning and giving me anxiety, looking forward to it. Um, So when I, when someone shared their story um, last month, I was like, you know what? I think I'm ready. And then I just went for it. And I was like, I will share my stories next month. And then knowing that it's it's the day before Aria was supposed to be due to be born, I felt this urge to just share my story. And so, um, yeah, I told him I would do it. And that's what drove me to just walk up there and said, I'm ready to share a lot of my story that, i would say none of you ever have ever heard and so yeah yeah so yeah. aria pushed me to it because she's like hey i was due the next day so are you ready for this let's do this so you can find a way to kind of move forward a little bit we haven't even shared stories on our youtube we haven't shared anything in that deep but i was like i'm ready and what's the better place to start than the church you know so yeah
2: and that took that took you know five and a half years of building yes. family and trust at, at with, our, with our church, you know? Yes. Um, and so that takes time. It just shows how much time it takes to really build. A relationship takes time.
3: Yeah, and the comfort, to being comfortable around people. It takes, it takes time. People would think you're just jumping on this as a priest's wife and everything is glory. But no, it takes time to build that trust and that relationship because you will be judged. You know, people will judge you um, because we're supposed to be perfect and we're not, mm-hmm. you know? So
2: yeah
3: we shall see how it goes rose i'll let you know how it goes and you are welcome to come and sit in and listen oh my gosh i would love
2: that rose bows to have rose there is your sister in arms oh my god i was just
0: gonna say if i if i i don't know what the
3: i would be so thrilled to be the second sunday so
2: february, i think february 12th.
3: 13th i think it's 13th. Oh, the 13th oh yeah okay the sunday
2: that's yeah, awesome yeah yeah so um yeah
3: um i think your producer is here
2: our, our producer, Evan, is here. A shout out to producer, Evan, who has been our guy for the last two years, I think, just running the ship behind the scenes, telling us when we're obnoxious. And um, he always has a glass of orange juice and a, 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 a muffin from 7-Eleven to power him through. And uh, so so thank you, Evan, for for loving on us. Um, And we appreciate he also puts up the podcast. No, he's saying, he's he's not telling us to wrap up quite yet. Um, All right. So with some final thoughts here of where we're going, and again, a reminder that we're moving to a podcast format after this uh, permanently. So you won't be able to find us on 1450. And 1450 has been a wonderful host to us. And we just send a shout out to them. Thank you so for being this place that has been always, really uh, just just um, they're a great partner if you're looking to get get to so get your voice on the radio and you want a place that's so not going to be a real hard. A S S to you, and really just receive you with open arms and love, and work with you, especially as an amateur. Um, they're awesome. Um, so just a little pitch there. All right, so uh, we heard about this. What the podcast should be. The ladies are saying focus on vulnerability, focus on practical um uh, uh stories that help us all kind of figure out what to do as people of faith in the twenty first century. Uh, you, let, let, uh, Rabbi Durbin, uh, just. Give us the twitter response rabbi durbin the lesser give us the um, your twitter response of how has this show formed you as a rabbi over the last what is it four years
1: it, it really has shaped me and it definitely has impacted me in profound ways um you know when we first started right christian you and i would have a lot of banter backwards and forwards you may talk for, you know, 35 minutes, I'll talk for 45 minutes, right? And we try to find an equal, an equal balance of like less talk and how do we bring things in and bringing guests. And I think really it was that shift of bringing guests in and learning about their expertise and what they were talking about that really also opened the doors to a lot of different topics. Um, we've, we've tackled a lot in three and a half years. Um, and I think that it's really opened my eyes. I think the greatest thing that this program and certainly um, the radio show has really brought is it has most definitely strengthened my relationship with you and certainly with St. Mary's um, to something where, you know, there are times where I'm approached on the street. Oh, my gosh, you're the rabbi. My priest is at St. Mary's. I love your show. And a part of me, you know, it, it warms my heart that people are listening. It warms my heart that we have now this real... This real connection and this real commitment to one another, both communities, it's um, it's something that is really important, especially in today's world where community is rapidly being challenged in a variety of different ways that we can come together as an interfaith community to support one another. It's been one of the strongest things that I carry
2: with me. Yeah, and, and a case a case in point of that is that when this uh, uh, horrible event happened recently in Texas at the synagogue, um, there were just countless people at the church. The first thing they thought of was Temple Bechayim and Rabbi Durbin. Uh, why? Because their hearts broke with you. They they can't, I mean, they empathize as much as they can of being like, what it must be like as a Jew to go to campus worrying about, is this going to be the day that someone shows up to take hostages? So that happened because of the relationship of the show, that the hearts here and and there's gonna be people who tell me like give me the address I want to send them a letter because they care for you because you're fellow human beings we're fellow children of God but just fellow human beings um, and so that happens through relationship that happens through community we can't really feel each other's pain fully unless we just get involved with each other's lives and love on each other um, so I, I speak for St. Mary's um, that that for you Rabbi Rose and Rabbi Durbin our hearts are with you um, and and it's just we're just, just to keep on spreading the love so we want to live in a world where um, anyone of faith but particularly right now Jews. uh, will go to synagogue and temple worrying about their safety and health. Um, That's not the world we want to live in. Um, and so our just our hearts break with you, and we're here for you, and we love you, and we're praying for you um, for that. All right, so my friends, we uh, that is it. That is it. Go subscribe to the podcast now. Come see us online and subscribe to our Facebook page of Priest and Rabbi. We love you so much. It's been an awesome, awesome four years here. Matt's crying, Anastasia's looking at me like I'm an idiot, and Rabbi Rose is just saying, This is a circus. All right, friends, from a priest and a rabbi and our incredible wives. We love you. Peace. Drop the mic, we out.